Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So we're starting a new series on um, relationships. And just to kind of kick the series off, Katie and I actually just wanted to um, just kind of do it together. And just... That's right. uh, you know, have a little little reset on what relationships look like. I don't like being angled like this. I feel like I'm turning my back on all of you, and I'm so sorry. Aw, don't turn your back I on I will them. not do that. Here we go. Also, these chairs are very bouncy, and it kind of makes me scared. Whoa. <laughs> that it's going to snap. <laughs> I trust this chair. I trust this chair. <laughs> if, I, if I do this, I'm okay. <laughs> it's just like... There's some spring in it, it you is, know? Yes. Wow. Anyway. Anyway, all right. Well. Hello, everyone. Good yes. morning. We're your pastors. We're yep. very honored to be able to be up here today. We are. Yeah. And um, <laughs> as we start this uh, this series again, we just um, we're just praying and asking God what to um, how to kind of kick things off, and and the Holy Spirit uh, highlighted to both Katie and I a need to just talk about biblical friendship. What does friendship look like in the church? And so uh, I want to just kind of start it out. We're going to look at a verse in Acts chapter 2. And just before it gets up on the screen, I want to kind of set it up a little bit. So um, Acts chapter 2 is when, at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit descends on the apostles. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the church was born. And Peter stands up, filled with the Holy Spirit, gives the very first church sermon ever, and just thunders away, and 3,000 people get saved, boom, in an instant. And the church goes from 12 to 3,012. And then in Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, which is going to be up uh, right now, it gives the description and prescription of what the church is supposed to look like. So I want to just read this together. It says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And so I want to go back to verse uh, 46 and look at one thing in particular. It says um, that they were all of one accord. And that word accord, um, actually, you know, if you're a Spanish speaker in here, you know that the word heart in Spanish is corazón. That C-O-R, that core, that's the same root Latin word where it's in the word accord. So the word accord literally means to be of one heart, to have the same heart. And it's in the, the Greek, the word in the Greek actually has this imagery of a symphony and music and all of these different instruments all playing together in harmony. And then if we look at the word chord in music, a chord is more than one note played together to make a more beautiful sound. And it's important that, a, and that, that word chord in music is the exact same root word. So, and it means harmony. And so that word, to be of one accord, means to be in harmony. It's important to understand that 
again, if you're a music person, you understand this, that a chord is multiple notes played together at the same time. It's not three of the exact same note all played together at once. It's actually three or four or whatever distinct notes. It's important to know that without different notes, you can't have harmony. That's right. We are supposed to be different. We're not all supposed to be the exact same C note all played at the exact same time. It'd be super boring, and nobody would want to listen to that music. It would be awful. And really weird. Be very weird. Yes, very weird. But harmony, we're called, according to the Bible, according to this prescription for the early church, we're called to live together in harmony, which means that we're all different. All different, different personalities, different backgrounds, different lifestyles, but we all come together and live in such a way that it produces a beautiful sound. Can I also say... If you've ever, so my son is taking piano lessons, and if you play uh, a chord where you're one note off, it, you, you hear it, <laughs> and it does not sound right, and it's very much off. And so it can actually be a really good indicator. If you're feeling a little bit off, it's probably like there's, there's some notes that aren't in sync properly in your relationships. And so use that as an indicator um, also, before we get into the message, we're going to be honing in on friendship. That's what the Holy Spirit highlighted to us. But everything that we're going to be talking about, you can apply to your marriage. You can apply to parenting. You can apply to your workplace, your job, um, because relationships happen in lots of different settings, but the scripture applies to everything. I also want to shamelessly plug next Sunday... We're going to be hanging out with all the young adults. Let's talk about it. And we're going to be really um, specifically talking about dating, you know, getting ready for marriage, all that good stuff. Um, nice and, and spicy and all the things. Slap some people around a little bit. <laughs> um, so come to that. It's going to be at Balboa next week. But we really wanted to make this specific to what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do today and specifically in our house. Yeah. That's Sunday night. We're going to have church here Sunday morning. It was confusing because you said we're going to have Balboa on Sunday. Okay. We're going to be Well, here. you can clarify. Okay. We're in harmony. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So much <laughs> harmony happening. So what we want to do is um, there's a passage in, in Romans, and, and Katie's going to read it here in just one second, Romans 12, 9 and 10, and, and it gives um, just sort of the picture of what it should look like for all of us um, to, to live together in harmony. And uh, we're actually just going to break that verse down just, just bit by bit, and those are going to kind of be the points of the message. We're going to walk through each of them, and then just spend some time just as a church family just praying for, for community, for friendship, for um, all of those uh, amazing things. So I'm going to let you kind of read through this and set it up. Okay, I really love the Bible because it, it just makes me laugh sometimes. So literally the um, title over this chapter is called Behave Like a Christian. <laughs> it's, it's literally like it's time to behave like a Christian. Okay, so that means that you can behave like not a Christian, and then when you become a Christian, you're supposed to behave like a Christian. And so um, the scripture that we're going to be really diving into today is Romans 12, 9 through 10. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. Yes, Boom. but it's abhor evil. What did I say? Arbor. Oh. Okay, can I also just 
say something really I, quick? I say that humbly, my love. Just want to make sure we're not misquoting. I do know how to read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. My phone is really tiny, and I can't zoom in. Oh, there we go. Okay. Also, our baby is going through the four-month sleep regression, so I was up every two hours. So if I say things like slurred, I'm, I promise I'm not yeah. intoxicated. I slept <laughs> great. I slept great, actually. It was awesome. And I feel, feel really rested. Yeah, so. because he goes to the guest bedroom if he wants to sleep good, and I'm like, <laughs> I Listen, wow. I wish I could help. He's four months old. You're breastfeeding. I don't have the equipment. I can't do anything about it. I would love to. I just... I just, he, he loves saying that. Well, I slept great. I'm like, well, good for you. Anyway, anyway. about Harmony. <laughs> he does make me coffee, though, so that's sweet. Yes. And to brag on him, I ran out of coffee today, and so he went to Starbucks and brought back coffee before he woke me up. I don't know if it's because he was scared of me or... But you're an amazing husband. You'll never I know. do want to honor you. You're sweet, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, so behaving like a Christian. So we're just going to march through this verse <laughs> About that. bit by bit. Okay, so the very first Here part, let love be without hypocrisy. Point one, let love be without hypocrisy. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, um, and almost everybody's heard this, you know, church background, no church background, whatever, you've heard what, what we're about to go through. But I want you to listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, I think it's so hilarious because that's probably outside of John 3.16, the most quoted Bible verse by people who aren't Christians. And they have it tattooed all over the place. You know, only God can judge, whatever. And it's like, hey, you sound silly because you didn't read the rest of it, okay? So Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you use, uh, with what, what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is your own eye, is in your own eye, hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother. Leon, do you mind, young man? That's ours. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't just say that to a random baby, that's... That's my son, so I would not rebuke, I would not rebuke somebody else's baby, I promise. Oh but I love what Jesus says. He says, you know, and the way people like to interpret that verse is, you know, you're not, like, don't worry about the, the speck in your brother's eye. You just deal with yourself. You just focus on the plank in your own eye. That's not what Jesus says. He says, first, deal with the plank in your own eye, then Remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus does not say, you know, hey, let, let your brother worry about the speck in his own eye. It, you know, you just worry about you. We are called to remove the speck from our brother's eye. You are called to yeah. be a good friend and call out the blind spots you see in your friends. But you do it humbly by examining yourself first. So before you go to a friend and just say, you know, let's say that um, maybe you've, I don't know, noticed a... a a friend and, and their their marriage just you don't really it kind of irks you the way that um, that your friend talks to his wife in public maybe and you're just like man it just it doesn't sit right with me and and I feel like I feel like I need to to address it well before you do just take an inventory of yourself and say how do I speak to my wife in public because you can't give away something that you don't have 
So before you just go blasting somebody for, you know, whatever, if you're also, you know, lambasting your wife in, in public, then you're probably not the person to speak authoritatively on that subject. So that's what that verse means. It does not mean don't ever confront anybody, you know, only God can judge. No, we are called we are called as Christians to remove the speck from our brother's eye. But we're to do it by examining ourselves first, making sure that we can approach them with love and humbly. I love that. I, I also think one thing that I love about our church is we're a discipleship-driven church. And so what that means is we are giving access to people that know us, that love us, so that we're held accountable to our blind spots because that's what a blind spot is. You can't see it. A speck in an eye is something that's limiting how you see things. And so, and it's not easy. Even this last week, the Holy Spirit nudged me to phone one of my friends and bring up something that just didn't sit right with me. And it wasn't fun for me. You know what I mean? But how, how loved do you feel when somebody steps outside of their comfort zone because they love you enough to say, hey, this didn't sit right with me. What do you think about it? Did it sit right with you? Let's have a conversation about it. Um, let's pray about it because we're committed to sharpening one another and um, not letting each other live with planks and specks. Yeah. yeah, I told the story on Wednesday, but I think it bears repeating. You know, um, a few years ago, uh, it was after church and back in the in the building before we started construction. You guys know how it is, like, at Eastlake. It's just, like, between service, after service, just kids running everywhere. It's just, like, it's madness. Just children, just everywhere. And so my two kids were running around, and we were hanging out talking to people, and my daughter, Everly, had climbed up on a chair and then, like, leaned over and, and fell over and, you know, smacked her herself on the on the ground and was crying. And my daughter, um, she when she was, like, one and a half, she broke her leg. When she was two and a half, I think, she slipped and fell, and her head hit, like, the door trap of our sliding She's our glass door, yeah. and um, she split her head open, had to have some staples, and so when she fell over, she was crying, and I scooped her up, and I, I was with Pastor Marco and, and a few other people, and I said, oh, you know, that's Everly, she's just accident prone, and then off, you know, went on my day, and, and 24 hours later, I got a phone call from Pastor Marco, and, um, and he just said, hey, man, I just, something that, that you said that just hasn't really been able to sit well with me, um, you know, you, you confessed over your daughter's life that she would be accident prone. Don't do that. Don't, don't say that about your daughter. It'll, it'll manifest. And so um, it is important to know that, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor. Pastor Marco's the sheep. Okay? Wow. Shepherd sheep, you know? But it wasn't like I was like, silence sheep. That would be so weird. Be I'm so weird. glad you don't do that. Yes. I was so thankful. Like, I don't want to be the kind of person that when someone brings something to me, I didn't even think about it. To me, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. I just was, you know, made an offhand comment. But, but Pastor Marco actually took the time to call me to address something in me. And it actually really changed me. I am so mindful of the language that I use about my kids and the things that I speak over them because of Pastor Marco. And she hasn't been in the ER since. Yeah, come on. Look at that. She's invincible now. It's incredible. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, Romans... Uh, 12, 9, and 10. Put it back up there on the screen if you don't mind. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Point number two, abhor okay. what is evil. Wow. I'm going to take this one. Um, so <laughs> I think this verse is, the enemy wants to use this verse to pin Christians into a corner because, and especially right now, it is like 
a buzzword, like love is love, like don't you dare, you know, isolate people. Um, it, the list goes on and on. And, and it's so interesting how black and white the word of God is because in order to behave like a Christian, we actually have to separate what is good, what is from God, and what is not. And, and we're called to hate evil. We're called to hate it, not flirt with it, not embrace it, not accept it. And when you become a Christian, you actually have to separate yourself from evil, but then even take it a step further and hate what is evil. And for some of you, that means making some hard decisions about what you let into your home, what you put on your television, what you let um, be on your on your um, um, movies that you play, the music you listen to, and even some of the people that used to be in your life that haven't chosen a life of following God. And does that mean you're you get all weird and religious and start? No, but it does mean that you're asking the Holy Spirit to separate in your mind what is good and what is bad, and to not let the world, the spirit of the world, dictate your friendships, um, not let the spirit of the world condemn you in terms of when you make those boundaries for what you let inside your home and inside your heart. And um, I think, um, you know, people have a very easy time talking about standards when it comes to, like, finding a spouse, but we have to have standards when it comes to friendships, too, just as much as a marriage. So no one seems to have a problem when they have a long list of like, oh, I want my spouse to be this, 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 and this. But then in the same breath, they go and get drunk with their friends. And it's like, that actually does not make sense. Like there's, inco like there's discrepancies there. And so can we actually have standards for our friendships just as much as we have standards for the person that we want to spend the rest of our life with? Um, and even within church, like you, just because you're in church doesn't mean you still, you know, we're all working stuff out, but, um, but we have to set up those boundaries for ourselves. And that's what the Bible is asking us to do. And there, there will be crossroad moments and transitions that happen. And there's some pain attached to that. Um, and different people handle that different ways. Um, I, I've experienced a lot of pain in transition when I realized, wow, God is calling me higher and just merely how I'm choosing to live my life triggers the people from my past. And some of those people were not able to handle the life that I'm choosing now to live fully for God and others have come around, um, and then others haven't. And I have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, I'm choosing God, I'm choosing the call that he has in my life, um, and just being vulnerable with you guys, when we got ordained, it was like the worst season that I've ever walked through in friendship, because all people saw was like Pastor Katie now, and I'm like, I'm actually the same person that I was a week ago before they, I've, I've, nothing's changed except a mantle of responsibility and more awareness for people, but I'm actually the same person but just because I have said yes to God in this new way, it instantly created some, some loneliness and people that had church hurt, now I represented that, whereas before I didn't. And you're going to have these moments in your walk with God where 
God's going to ask you to say yes, and it's going to create a transition for you in some of your friendships. Um, but the beautiful thing is that on the other side of that, if you can stick to what you know in your heart to be true and apply this and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to live the way that I used to live. I'm not going to, there was a season where my favorite thing to do was to get together with girlfriends, watch The Bachelor and talk gossip about everyone in my life. That's my favorite thing too. Used to. I said, that's my favorite thing too. I was joking. Okay. That one didn't land. All right, carry on. What? Okay, anyway, you're funny, babe. I know. But I, I, there was a moment where the Holy Spirit was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't get together every week with your friends and talk bad, like the juicy, like, what's going on? Like, you actually have to, to stop doing that. And if you realize that drama follows you, that your world is always filled with, you know, all of these things that are dysfunctional, then it's God calling you, actually, I need to make some changes. No one comes to me now and is like, Katie, can I tell you the dirt on this person? Like, that has not happened to me in a really long time. And it's because I've made decisions. I'm going to hate what is evil, and I'm going to choose what is good, and my friendships should be a reflection of that. Now, I will also say one more thing on that. I always want everyone that has been with me in different seasons of my life to know, like, I'm, I'm a very loyal person. And so the people in my life always have access to me when we've gone through a season together in friendship. And they know that at any point they could pick up the phone and call me, even if we're choosing different paths. And I've, I've made an intentional effort to make sure that, hey, I know like seasons have like taken us to different places, but I love you and you can always call me. And so there's a difference between using that to smear people or like condemn. There's a way to do it, but can we hold our friendships to a high regard just as we do with our spouses. Yes, that makes I love sense? that. Yes, and then one more just yeah. sort of, I think, important distinction. Again, this verse says to abhor or to hate what is evil. And we're, as Christians, called to hate evil, hate wickedness, but never, ever hate people. Every, the Bible is so clear that every human being, even the most dysfunctional, depraved, demonized person, is made in the image of God, bears the likeness of of God. We're called to love people, but hate what is wicked, hate what is evil. And what we hate is a spirit. And there are people that have, you know, um, made agreements to, you know, allow uh, wickedness to, to operate in and through their lives. And never does that mean that we hate people. We hate wickedness. We hate evil. That's what this verse says. And I just think, you know, it's funny, I was, you know, we, our church, uh, to put it, mildly ruffles some feathers sometimes, we'll say. And uh, I remember, you know, when um, there was going to be this uh, concert on New Year's Eve, Sean Foyt was going to be there, and, you know, somebody went and spray-painted all over the church, you know, Awaken Spreads Hate. And I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, well, I mean, if you're talking about hating the devil, hating demons, hating wickedness, hating evil, <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, it's kind of true, you know. 
But we love people. Never stop believing for a Saul to Paul moment. Right. Even like the Apostle Paul was was called Saul, and he was like would hold the coats of, of men that were stoning Christians. The Bible says that he actually delighted in the death of Christians. But then on the way to Damascus, had a, an encounter with God, became one of the most prolific Christians in the history of mankind. Nobody is beyond saving. Nobody is beyond redeeming. This verse is about hating evil, but never hating people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One last quick thought, too. We have to discern the times. Like, in 2020, people were in the dark, and there was a lot of, like, oh, my gosh, did you know this is happening? Like, oh my gosh, did you know this is happening? But the seasons have shifted. We're in 2023 now. And Pastor Liam was talking about this with a few of the leaders. Like there's been a collateral damage of people that are still operating like it's 2020. And there's a collateral damage in people that are caught in the, in the um, like you can't just go on Instagram and spew like all these you know, I'm a truth teller, like I'm going to tell all the truth. And, but like, there's people, real people that are struggling with the things that we have to be careful with our words. You know what I mean? There's people God wants to reach that are stuck in bondage, that are stuck in addiction, that are stuck in gender confusion, that are stuck in a lot of different things that we have to be careful with the outworking of how we hate evil because we're called to go into the world. And so can we just use discernment and wisdom when it comes to that? Yes, we can. Good job. Yay. Next part of the verse. So it says, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, and cling to what is good. And so cling to the people that are living the life that you want to live. I remember maybe five, six years ago, I, I have tremendous respect for Pastor Rudy Batis. He's one of the greatest men I've ever known, one of the greatest men in our church. And um, I, I love the way he loves his wife. I love the way he loves his kids. I love how he conducts himself in business. And so several years ago, when I was still working a lot of stuff out and just trying to make my way in, a, in an unforgiving world as a young man and in business, I, I looked at Pastor Rudy and I, and I said, I, there's, I want what he has. Now, I didn't go up to Pastor Rudy and say, please be my friend. <laughs> That's weird. Don't do that, okay? But I did go up to him. And I said, hey, Pastor Rudy, I think it was just Rudy at the time, just said, hey, Rudy, um, I, would, I would be honored to just be able to spend a little bit of time with you. Can I take you out to lunch? I'll buy your lunch. I'll meet you whenever and wherever, like what's, whatever's the most convenient for you. I would just love to glean some wisdom from you, spend some, t some time with you. And Rudy said, yeah, absolutely. And so, again, I made deposits into the relationship. It wasn't just withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. Rudy, speak to me, teach me, make me awesome. I would, I would meet him whenever, wherever. Like, I would inconvenience myself to make it convenient on him. I would pay for his lunch. I would do everything I could to, to make sure that I wasn't just leeching things out of him. But I make it a priority in my life. I spend time with people that live the life that I want to live. You know, Katie and I are fortunate enough, just because of what we do here at church, we get to spend a good bit of time with Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. And Katie and I just have, a, like, a rule in our family. Like, if they ask us to do something, we're saying Yes. We want to be around them. We want to glean wisdom from them. We want what's on them to be on our life. And so it doesn't matter if we've been out four nights in a row. If they say, hey, you guys want to go grab dinner? Like, yep, we'll figure it out. We'll get <laughs> child care. We'll get it figured out. Cling to what is good. Yeah. And men, I want to challenge you. The best place to do this 
is men's prayer Tuesday morning at 5.30. You'll just listen to the way that other men pray. And if, if you're, you know, you're like trying to figure out marriage, let's say, as an example, and say, man, I just feel kind of lost as a husband. I don't really know what I'm doing. Then go to men's prayer. Listen to the way that men pray. And when you find a man that you can tell prays with authority over his marriage, that just prays love and, and affection over his wife, then say, I want to be around that guy. And find your way into his little circle every Tuesday morning and, and begin to allow, uh, and even Luis uh, said it so brilliantly in his tithe message. I don't know where Luis went, but I thought it was so amazing. He said that he caught something at men's prayer, heard somebody pray about the economy of God and the umbrella. He caught that from being around somebody that had a revelation that he didn't have. Cling to what is good. Make it a priority to be around people that are the kind of person that you want to be in the future. I love that. I love that there's so many opportunities, too, to surround yourself with amazing people. And I think for us, the first place that that happened was in a, in a connect group. Um, we moved to San Diego. We literally knew nobody. And um, we actually, well, I went to the Tungles Connect group, Pastor Matt and Loren. They're now the um, campus pastors at Salt Lake City. And I just showed up. I'm like, I like that you're fun, and I want to be around fun people, so I'm going to go to your connect group. <laughs> and then in that connect group, I, I saw different people, and um, this one other lady, she was there, and she was fighting for her marriage. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of fighting for my marriage. And so we would hang out, and then like all along the way, you find people in the house of God that are in the same season as you're in that you can be like, okay, we're going, we're going into the unknown together. And then you're also going to find people that have already gotten there. And um, even when we got pregnant with our first son, um, the Rafteries, they're up in San Marcos, but we loved the fruit of their parenting. And so we asked them, uh, can we take you to dinner and you just share things that you guys have done to raise amazing kids? And, um, and the four of us, literally, we'll never forget that dinner. It was like just so incredible. And we've taken those nuggets of wisdom from seven, eight years ago, and we've applied them to our, how we are raising our kids. So in the house of God, you, you can find, the world has to pay like $20,000 to go to these seminars and stuff. Like we have at our fingertips in each other, in this room right now, there's so much gold, there's so much breakthrough, there's so much testimony. Yeah. And so don't sit on the sidelines, like get in, like commit, go to a connect group. Amen. Amen. All right. Next. Yes. Clap to that. <laughs> so let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Point number four, be kindly affectionate to one another okay, with take brotherly love. Yeah. Brotherly love. What, you were what? like giving me the eyes, like kindly affectionate. I was staring at the screen. I was reading the verse. Hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll talk about this on the way home. We're going to talk about marriage another week. Anyway, um, okay, I actually really like this one because I, I'm very passionate about being kind. Like, the world needs more kindness. And even just, even just start with smiling. Like, we can start there. Um, don't, like, think about ways that you would want to be treated and then start there. I use that as my own personal barometer. Like, would I want somebody to be doing this to me right now? That I'm not going to do that. Or even take it a step up. What would I love to, to experience in this situation? That's what I'm going to try to do. And um, the world is just, 
Even like little rules, like don't be on your phone when you're at a cash register and somebody is, is you're paying for your groceries. Yeah, it's actually one thing I really respect about you. Um, if Katie and I are talking and, and she's in the grocery store, when she gets to the cashier, thinks she says, hey, babe, I'm about to talk to the cashier. Let me call you back. So she doesn't just sit there on her phone blabbing away at me and, like, looking at the person, you know, like, yeah, you know, give me a like, paper we bag. we have to be kind to one another. And I love and that she actually be... takes the time to say, hey, babe, let me, let me call you right back. And she takes 90 seconds, says hello to the cashier. Are you having a good day? Awesome. See you next time. And then she calls me right back. And I just, I think that's awesome. Thanks. Because that's the kind thing to do, right? <laughs> but, um... The enemy wants to keep us isolated, keep us detached, keep us thinking that we're the only ones going through things. And so kindness breaks that barrier, which I think is so incredible. I think, too, um, in friendship, a really important thing is to always assume the best. That's right. Always assume the best. I can't remember what it's called. And again, maybe some of my, my Mexicano friends will know. But there's on, like, Mexican radio stations, there's, like, a a thing where they would have like these little short stories almost like in between songs and someone would just like, it'd be like a like little narration for a couple minutes. And there was one that I heard one time about um, this, uh, this guy that's driving on the highway in his car and, you know, some jerk comes up behind him and is like, you know, riding on the back of his car and honking at him. And the guy's like, you know, what's the deal? You know, I'm going the speed limit, chill out. And the guy like goes around, cuts him off and just zooms away. And, and the guy driving was like, man, you know, what a jerk. And then, you know, the way the story goes, he finds out that it was actually an emergency room doctor on his way to go save a child who was choking. And it was his child, the guy that was driving. And wow. so just the moral of the story is, you know, he looked at him like, man, what a jerk. Who's he think he is? Cutting me off. But on, that guy was, you know, on his way to save his kid. And so it's like you assume the best in people. You know, if you're here right. Sunday and you've got a friend you haven't seen in a bit and, you know, you're walking by each other and you're like, hey, Bill, and Bill just kind of stares at the ground and walks past you, don't think, wow, Bill is such a jerk. I knew he hated me. I've always <laughs> known he hates me. He's always... Da, 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 da. Oh, wow. Maybe Bill just had a big fight with his wife and he's just super beat up and really could use... There's a Bill. Kind... <laughs> hey, Bill. That was just a generic Bill. Bill yeah. just walked in. He's like, what? <laughs> I should have used a different, a different name. I should have used something that nobody we would, you, would be named. Methuselah. <laughs> Any Methuselahs? Anyway. Anyway, you get the point. Assume the best in people. Always yeah. give people the benefit of the doubt. And again, have boundaries. You know, if someone like has betrayed you over and over and over and over again, you know, just be wise, be smart, but assume the best in your friends. If maybe your friends yeah. are having a really terrible day, maybe it's not maybe always about you. Deprived. Maybe they're very sleep deprived. Maybe. Like my wife. Not like me. I'm doing great, but you know, like, <laughs> like Katie. Wow. Sometimes I'm like, I wonder how many people I accidentally offended because I'm so tired. <laughs> That's a real thought that happens sometimes. Anyway, but yes, be thoughtful. Like, yes. let's be thoughtful. Let's think about other people. My grandma, she's almost 95, she's like, you know what? People with lots of health issues, it's because all they like to do is think about themselves. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, there's some truth to that. If reading through Bible in a year, health is attached with wisdom. And, um, and if you want to be healthy, maybe you got to stop, you know, going to 10,000 appointments. And maybe you just should start being nice to people and being thoughtful about other people. It's so true. There's actually... People. 
a couple um, of members of our family, I'm being purpose, purposefully vague, but two sisters um, in our extended family, and um, both sisters, uh, the, the father of the two sisters had a season of life where he um, had left their mom and, and, you know, married another woman, and it was just a very contentious uh, season, and the two sisters really had a super hard time with that because their father had, had left their mom and left her, you know, heartbroken, and so there was a season of, of you know, of division between the father and his two daughters, and um, after several years, the, the father really wanted to make right and went to both the sisters and, and said, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm so sorry for the way I treated you when you were younger, you know, will you forgive me? And one of the sisters did, and one of the sisters didn't. And they're very close in age, only a, a couple years difference, but the, if you were to look at those two sisters, one of them, you know, they're both, you know, well into their, their 60s now, one, 60s now, one of them is beautiful, thriving, looks like she's 45, and then the other sister is riddled with arthritis, um, look, you know, hunched over, walks hobbled over, walks yeah. with a cane. And that's what unforgiveness does. It's a disease yeah. that actually affects your, your physical body. So let's um, be yeah. kindly affectionate to one another with so brotherly love. So also, being kind makes you beautiful. And people will say, gosh, Awaken Church, another reputation we have, which I think is awesome, is like, oh, Awaken Church, all the people there are so beautiful. And... <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm so sorry that we're all so beautiful. But really, honestly, we have this inside joke, like when we first started coming here, we did not look this good. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, when you walk through freedom and you realize your worth and you start, you know, shedding the fear and you come under that hedge of protection and, and you trust God and you have friendships that are healthy, like what we're talking about today, you actually start looking more beautiful. And it's, it's actually um, that same scriptures all through Proverbs, like health is attached to your mind, your body, your soul. And, um, and when you're healthy in your mind, when you're healthy in your heart, it actually shows outwardly as well. Which I love. Amen. The last part of that verse. Yeah. So again, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly, brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. And to have harmony in our church, in our friendships, in our marriages, in our businesses. With our, like in every relationship, the key is to honor one another. To put other people's preferences above your own. Do what your friends want to do. Don't be the weird friend that's like, if it's not, you know, if they're like, hey, let's all go out. What do you guys want to do? And it's like, if it's not exactly what you want to do, you're like, oh, you know, I'm out. I'm not in it. Surrender your own preferences. Don't be selfish, okay? Honor each other. And this is a, this is a hard one, and I'm not, not going to sort of make it sound like it's easy, but there's times where you should prioritize harmony in your friendships over being right. You actually sometimes need to die to the need to be right. Okay, not all the time. There's, there's times where God will, will call you to stand on your conviction and to not budge. But there's times where for the sake of a friendship, for the sake of a relationship, is it really worth being vindicated and being justified and being right? There's times, and I know for us as pastors, there's been moments where 
you know, there was situations where it would have been so easy for us to stand up and just uncover somebody, make them look like a fool, and prove ourselves as we were right, you were wrong. But we have died to the need to be right. And Katie and I prefer harmony and peace and and affection in our community of, of faith and friends than we do always needing to be right. Can you be the person who's big enough to surrender the need to be right and prioritize harmony over being right? I'm actually kind of walking through that all over again. Like there's just a lot of, there's always rumors, I suppose, um, about when we choose to live a life for God and there's going to be resistance and, and warfare around, you know, when we choose to say yes to God. Um, but lately I've been just like inundated with a lot of rumors and I'm just thinking, how, how do I respond in these moments? Do I get on Instagram and I'm like, I'm going to set the record straight. Okay. You guys are all wrong and I'm going to tell you why. Or can I just trust God? Can we trust God that if we choose to live the life that Romans is, is showing us how to live, that in the end, our life will be an example that we won't have to set any records straight. Like we can actually have peace when we go to sleep, um, choose life, choose light, choose integrity, choose to do the right things. And I've just noticed this pattern of, and my mom actually, I grew up hearing like, live in the light. If you live in the light, then you aren't shady. <laughs> and um, if we can choose to live in the light and choose integrity and choose to do the right thing, even when it's hard, and to do what the Bible is asking us to do as Christians, um, in the context of friendship, but in every area of our life, in marriage, in business, then you, you'll be able to go to sleep at night no matter what storm you're facing, no matter what you're walking through. And that's a gift from heaven for us. And, um, and that applies even outside of, you know, being vindicated or setting the record straight, but even just in friendship, if you're going through a season of loneliness, like don't don't swing to the other extreme of like proving to the people why you should be invited to everything and why you need to be at the center of stuff. And like, can we just operate from a place of peace and, and truth? And some of you in here need to hear from the Holy Spirit who you are and what you have to offer. Some of you guys have forgotten the gold that is on the inside of you that other people need. And in doing that, in, in unlocking that gold, you're going to find so much joy in friendship. You're going to find joy in marriage because it's not going to be like this. You know what I mean? Um, and we want to pray for people. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. Now? Let's hop to our feet just as we close. And um, I want you just to imagine for a second two kinds of churches, I suppose. And um, in Proverbs 14.4, I think um, we've got it to throw up on the screen, Proverbs 14.4. And I love this verse. It says, where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. What that means is if you want to get a lot done, you got to have some oxen. But whenever you've got oxen, the stable's dirty. It's messy. 
Imagine a church where everybody came in, you know, said their pleasantries. Hey, how you doing? Oh, great to see you. Did you have a good week? Yeah, a great week. Yeah, man, isn't it crazy all the rain we've been getting lately? Wow, I know, it's pretty nuts. Anyway, da, 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 da. All, right. all right, have a great week. I'll see you next week. Yeah, totally. Kids doing good? Yeah. Imagine a church where everybody came in, it was all superficial, and no one really knew one another. It would be a church of no drama. There'd be no drama at all. It'd be a church of exceptional dysfunction and loneliness, but there'd be no drama because there's no friction. No one knows each other. Yeah. Now imagine the opposite, a church where people are so deeply intertwined, doing business together, going on vacation together, you know, raising kids together and, you know, hey, you know, your kids want to come over to my house for a sleepover. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There's going to be drama. It's going to be messy. Life is messy. I would choose that church a thousand times over. I would rather deal with the mess and have, that's the kind of church that we want. And we have, honestly, that's one of the things I love about the Eastlake campus of Awakened Church. We like, we vacation together. We are, you know, our kids hang out with one another. We're all in, there's so many different businesses that everybody has with one another. And I love that. I would never want that to change, ever. But we also know it's just going to come with a little bit of mess. Because when there's a bunch of oxen, a bunch gets done, but you just got a messy stable. So just know that life is messy. Expect it. Expect a little bit of drama, okay? Don't attract it, okay? If your life is always drama all the time, you're the problem, okay? <laughs> wow. Well, that's kind of true. <laughs> it's true. But just know that, that that's the kind of church you're a part of. Yeah. And if you're in here, and this is the first group of people that we want to pray for, if you're like, man, that sounds great, but I don't, I'm not feeling that. Maybe you're new here. Maybe you've been here for a season and, and, uh, and it just, you don't feel like you found your tribe, your people. Let me go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes and just want to create a moment for the Holy Spirit to minister to a few people. And, and if you would, um, and again, just with every head bowed and nobody looking around, but if you're in here and just feel just a little lonely and, and it's, it's the great loneliness is crazy. You can be happily married and feel lonely. You can actually have lots of friends and feel lonely. You can be really, really popular and always be around people and still be very, very lonely. A lot of celebrities um, feel that way all the time. It's one of the things that they say plagues them the most is that they're surrounded by people all the time, but always lonely. And I just, I'm gonna actually ask Katie to, to pray for you, but if you're in here this morning and just feel lonely, no matter what that looks like or, or whatever, just, just take a second, just lift your hand up. And that's not so anybody can look around and, and see you. It's just for you to just acknowledge that before God and allow the Holy Spirit to come into your heart, into your mind, begin to reassure you, begin to shift some things. So Katie's gonna pray for you right now. God, I thank you that you see every person in this room. And I pray right now for those that are walking through a season of loneliness. I thank you, God, that you see them. And I, I wanna just pray Holy Spirit, that you would meet them in the season that they are in, that you would encourage them, that you would not let them believe the lies of the enemy about who they are or what they have to offer, that they are amazing. They have so much to give. They have so much in store for them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that over this next week, you would give them each an opportunity to step out of that, that barrier, to let those walls down to sign up for a connect group, or maybe it's just calling somebody that they know is a trusted friend and, and sharing with them what they've been going through. 
whatever it is, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would show them the way out of this season because you're that's the God that you are. You 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 actually make it a commandment that we are to be with each other. And I come against the lies of the enemy right now. In the name of Jesus, I break them off of people's minds and hearts. I pray healing over the places that they've been hurt, that they put walls up. I pray that they would have the courage to try again. I pray they have the courage to say yes to friendship again, yes to opening up to their spouse maybe. Maybe um, I want to pray even for marriages right now where there's things that need to be talked about, but there's a fear. And because of that fear, there's been a season of loneliness. And I pray um, for intimacy and healing for marriages, that they would there would be the most amazing conversations between husband and wives. And I pray over our new connect groups as they meet, that the conversation would be filled with connection. And oh my gosh, like I went through that. And oh, no way, I'm going through that right now. And I just pray, um, Holy Spirit, for divine conversations, divine interactions, divine um, just bumping into one another when we're out and about, that they'll know that they are seen by you and loved by you, and they will know that what they have to give and who they are is more than enough. They're so deserving. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Also, just want to take a second and just pray for us as a church family, just against disunity, against discord. The Bible says in Proverbs that there's six things that the Lord hates. Indeed, a seventh is an abomination before him. And it lists six things. And the seventh thing that um, is listed as the thing that the Lord hates more than, than anything else is one who sows discord among the brethren. And so I think there's, there's some of us that just need to repent. That's not a, not a bad thing at all. It's a commandment from God to repent. Repent just means you, to go a different way, to turn around, to do a 180. And so maybe you're in here and you're, you're just in a little bit of drama. And, and maybe it's self-created. Maybe the drama is because of you. Generally, dramas, you know, there's always two sides to every story. It goes both ways every time. We've been doing this long enough to know that there's always two sides to every story. But maybe there's just, maybe you need to be the person that says, you know what, I'm going to prioritize harmony over the need to be right. So God, right now, as a, as a church family, we just uh, declare together as one people in one accord, in unity, that we want to be a people that live in unity because your word says that where there is unity, it commands right. a blessing. God, we want a blessing over the East Lake campus of Awakened Church. We want your blessing over the South region of San Diego. God, as we expand into Coronado and into Baja, California, God, we need your blessing. We can't afford to live without your blessing. And so we declare that we're committed to unity. And right now, God, if there's anything in us that is sown discord, that has spread gossip, that has um, been slanderous, God, right now we repent of that in the name of Jesus. We know that you forgive us, God, and I pray that walls of bitterness and friendship are coming crashing down. God, that that uh, walls of, of distance and protection and self-preservation and a lack of vulnerability, we, we break those down right now in the name of Jesus. We declare there's going to be people that just say, I'm sorry, and that that sorry will not be met with with, you know, venom and, and uh, yeah, well, you should be sorry. It's going to be met with tenderness, with kindness, with a, hey, I forgive you. Come on, let's, let's, go, let's go hang out. Let's, let's get our kids together. Let's go on a play date. Let's go grab dinner together. God, we pray for unity in our church family because we need your blessing. We cannot live without your blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.